Welcome, citizen, to the Watchtower. My name is Gary. And my name is Ben, and we'll be your guides as you peruse the archives of the world's greatest superhero group, the Justice League. And we hope that you'll join us on today's adventure. Welcome to episode 43, Secret Society, part one. Shade and Shade Co. get busted by Jean and GL, but is saved by a getaway driver, Giganta, who invites him to join their crew. Killer Frost, Shade, Giganta, Parasite, and Sinestro work under Gorilla Grodd's leadership to learn how to cooperate despite their unique motivations. Meanwhile, the Justice League is licking its wounds after letting Shade get away and do training of their own. The Secret Society busts Clayface out of an island art gallery to join them. (laughs) Uh, They all meet up in a big ruckus and the Secret Society comes out on top, prompting the Emo Justice League Mm. to split up. (laughs) Yeah, so first things first, uh, 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 let's discuss the gorilla in the room here. Yeah, I, I, I'm i not sure how you feel about this, because like, we do have a gorilla grod. It's not a silly arc, though. No. So does, does, does he hit you any better as an ape with mind powers that isn't constantly taunting Flash? I feel like it's a completely different character. Like, he's, <laughs> he's kind of, maybe just because I've been watching, like, karate kid and cobra kai lately but he's got that oh, john crease thing going on you know he's yeah just sort of silently standing around while everyone else does the dirty work he's like a vandal savage yeah that, that's true in this in this arc that's very true uh yeah. i mean he's he's few words he's not silly as as you already said and uh, it's it's nice to see that the lobotomy didn't completely take yeah that that's that's an element that we uh kind of didn't didn't don't get explained in this episode of like i thought you got lobotomized bro but no it was what i was hoping for he was just uh pretending to be lobotomized to escape notice yeah and seemingly actually when flash crossed the wires he actually made gorilla grods you know he, he doesn't need the helmet to do mind powers anymore right he just has so. straight up uh telepathy uh i don't know whatever it's like a there, there's something that people do in mistborn Hmm. um the the brandon sanderson novels which is uh there's some people who can like emphasize or dampen certain emotions of other people right so like if you want to act if you want them to act in a really discomfited way you crank up the nervousness and anxiety elements you know so like that's kind of he's like an emote emotomancer Hmm. almost (laughs) Interesting, yeah. You know? he, he's cool, and and uh, it, I was actually glad to see him. Uh, I, I didn't think I would be, but he adds a nice element, and, and it's a rogue gallery that doesn't involve Lex Luthor or Joker or, you know, any of the major players, so. Well, that's by design, because this entire arc focuses more on why can't the Justice League work together well. Right. Like, what what is some of the interpersonal quibbles that have been boiling under the surface all this time? And if we had a big distracting Lex Luthor yeah. at the top of it all, um, it would be, it would pull focus. Right. But Gorilla Grodd is very beneath my notice. <laughs> As he by should a, be. By a... By a force of effort, yes. Yeah. Also, now Gorilla Grodd is a thing what is super smart in a gorilla body. That's just ultra-humanite again, but without telepathy. Right. I think we talked about this once before, about how like similar a lot of these Superman villains are. Mm-hmm. But I think that this one's a Flash villain then. So like maybe when they were crafting him, they just didn't think about the extended DC universe 
and they were just like, well, Ape with Brain worked well in this context. I'm just going to snipe it right. and uh, use it in this other comic and hope that they never meet each other. <laughs> At least that's how it feels to me. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, the thing about Ultra Humanite is that, like, there's a... I feel like there's a self-awareness with that character, whereas the first time that Gorilla Grodd was on screen, like, it was completely goofy, but not at Gorilla Grodd's... Not not because of him, just because the whole concept was stupid. For some reason, it worked yeah. better when you put him with an, uh, a red alien and a shape-shifting monster and a Sandman who was formerly an actor. Like, you know, there's there's something about the insanity of the secret society that actually makes him seem regular. He seems better. I'm still not really in love with his character. Like, he's just a little bit too... Um... Uh, I want to rule the world because evil yeah. for me. Yeah. There's not a lot beyond just power hungry maniac that is good at bureaucracy. Right. And like I've seen him before, you know, <laughs> that's so like uh, it, he's better here. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's really a selling point of this arc. <laughs> no, I think uh, I don't know what is the selling point of this arc. I'm going to say the secret society, like all these weird villains that we get. Oh, it's a huge spotlight on shade. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason. <laughs> I, I really like that. They just and that's how we open up, right? Mm -hmm. We we got the Shade Gang, yeah. which is just Shade and a bunch of broy broy jocks right. following him. They're all wearing shades. Yeah. It's very very thematically appropriate. I like it. Yeah. Um and he's like going just just doing some burglarizing. Mm -hmm. Like he's doing some small time villain stuff. He's doing the regular Batman Rogues Gallery thing of just trying to pilfer a thing. Yep. Uh but Jean and GL find him and uh, try to get him, but uh, he manages to escape because their tactics are bad. Right. And thus kind of puts the plot into motion, you know. Um, Jean, and, uh, Jean and Green Lantern are both kind of frustrated at their lack of coordination, and they go meet up with the rest of the team and say, but we're doing a boot camp. Yeah. Let's fly out to this western set in the middle of nowhere. And that is so damn weird. What is what is up with this western set? I don't know. With like with the pop up ca cardboard cardboard cowboys and like and like uh, southern bells and yeah, I don't I don't understand. I, I it's like weird. I, it wouldn't have like there there's never been an episode where it would have been within the realm of possibility for a Yosemite Sam Yosemite Sam cardboard right. cutout to pop up from underneath a barrel. I know. So, like, it, it's still a little goofy. Like, it's not completely not a goofy episode, but, like... Yeah, yeah. Weirdly, I think the stuff with the villains is, is more serious than the heroes this time around. Like, a, a lot of the stuff with the heroes didn't land for me. And this this was a big part of it. I think that's the idea, is, like... when I mean, this is something pretty common in... When you when you do a uh, superhero team show, is that you have the league evil league of evil? They also congregate into a team of some sort, right? And they're better at working with each other or something. Mm -hmm. And it's because they're motivated by something very um, trivial. Yeah. Uh, whereas all the heroes are motivated by complex ideals of like justice and integrity and whatever. So that's the arc that these things tend to do like I, i'm almost certain that that this is this was in like the third episode of teen titans mm. there was um uh there was like hive academy or something and it was 
three people from that team, Gizmo, Jinx, and uh, Sabretooth, uh, Wildcat, Muddog, some, some big burly boy. <laughs> uh, and even though there's three of them versus the five, they, like, had trained tactics and they, like, could, you know, coordinate well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, it's just you have to emphasize that coordination is important in a superhero team and the way that you the way that you get uh that as a uh starter concept for an arc is by showing that the villains have it and the heroes don't and therefore the villain the heroes need to get it right i don't buy that the heroes don't have it cuz they've been working together for a while right. it seems it, it seems a little artificial, and this can this gets explained away a little bit near the end. But um, yeah, that's that's the idea of this arc is to show that our team just is kind of in a collection of individual assholes and not really a team, <laughs> right? I think that's the idea. I don't know how well they execute on it. Yeah, I struggled with the execution personally, but yeah. But you did mention uh, this secret society, so let's 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 meet them. Yeah. Um, when Shade absconds away from the scene of the crime, he is uh, offered a ride by Giganta, and he's very into it. I can't blame him. I mean, I just... <laughs> it, it. I didn't know anything about his character, so uh, Gigantism fetish really caught me off guard. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not a problem for you, is it? Quite the opposite. <laughs> just, he's so hungry. Right. Ooh. <laughs> And she'll, like, grow at some point, and he just goes, this keeps getting better and better. <laughs> right. In that weird under-the-breath way that he kind of does, kind of talks. Yeah, yeah. In his defense, he could just be ordering a Happy Meal, and it would sound a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't be, like, 100 yards within an elementary school, certainly. <laughs> just in case he happens to strike up a conversation with a child, he's going to get immediately arrested. Is that a seesaw? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I... <laughs> There's a there's a better place for this, sir. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he, they go to some mountain base. I'm pretty sure this is Happy Harbor that the uh, that Young Justice uses for headquarters in that series. At least oh. it looks very similar. Interesting. Like it's a it's a very Legion of Doom sort of you know underneath the Washington Square Lake or something. Like it rises out of the ground. Like this is a villain headquarters. It's hollowed out mountain. Right. With you know, a bunch of stalactites all around. So, uh, but, but this is where they meet the rest of the team. Killer Frost, Sinestro, Parasite, and Gorilla Grodd. Do you know any of these characters? I mean, you probably know Sinestro. Yeah. I assume you know uh, Parasite. You assume he's like incorrectly. A- Parasite is a Superman villain. Okay. So I, I just kind of assumed that. Because, like, that is the perennial example of... Oh, he takes his powers, but he also gets his weaknesses. That's Parasite's whole thing. He's rogue, but without being hot. Gotcha. I I wondered what his thing was this whole time, because they never really explain it. He just eats life energy. Yeah. Um, So, no, I I didn't know who Parasite was. I know of Giganta. Um, I didn't know Giganta. Really? Okay. Yeah, I I knew of her. I knew of Killer Frost. Oh, yeah? Because there's a whole slew of just killer ice boys yeah ice well ice characters and killer characters because you got killer wait Croc, what are the killer other killer moth killer oh my god i yeah. forgot about the... they're not part of a squad though right i don't think so they should be 
Yeah, seriously. The Killers? No, oh, that's a band. <laughs> I mean, she 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 looks kind of punky. She could work it. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I did get a lot of the dregs, kind of uh, from from this group of like we don't want to waste anything that we're going to use later. So right. what are some other DC stuff that we can use and not worry about? So. <laughs> You know, Killer Frost, Parasite. They're not going to make their own episodes. Yeah. I'm surprised they used Sinestro like this. I agree. Sinestro's a, a, a big deal in the Green Lantern continuity. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really... I don't think he gets a line. He gets like two lines. He speaks very little. But yeah, uh, they, you know, they're, they're all there. They, 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 have to, they have to do teamwork, right? This is a team building exercise for both teams. Right. Because this, that's Gorilla Grodd's game mm-hmm. is... He wants to really uh, pile into that uh, teamwork emphasize because he knows that's how they're going to break the Justice League. So they have to work on team teamwork. And they do that by doing trust falls, Gary. <laughs> A very comical moment there, too. <laughs> yeah, it just flattens Killer Frost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like how Grodd understands what motivates each of them. Mm-hmm. You know, he's sort of like Lex Luthor in that way. He, like, he knows what all the pieces are thinking. Yeah. So... Even though I don't really love Gorilla Grodd as a character, I like the whole mastermind is the one that makes it work sort of thing, so... Yeah, yeah. It's a good manager. <laughs> right. He also mentioned mentioned something to Shade, which is uh, that he wants to go after the big score, whereas Shade is comfortable with, you know, small-time villainy, Robin Banks and such. Right. And uh, Gorilla Grodd says, can you see yourself doing this in 10 years, 20, jumping on rooftops, aches... Jo- uh, joints aching and 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 the like and that is evidence that he doesn't know shade and i would like to tell you about uh shade who is my character highlight ah, I, this episode was full of potentials so well i was very happy because i really like shade's design i like the way he looks i like the way he talks yeah sort of like victorian gentleman with the cane and the top hat and the <laughs> yeah like um and uh yeah he's his name is richard swift he's a comic book character developed in the 1940s for national comics appearing first in a flash comic in the story titled the man who commanded the night scripted by gardner fox and illustrated by hal sharp Hmm. notable aliases include dickie mr black louie and the immortal wielder of shadows (laughs) (laughs) wow uh yeah so he apparently his comic book version is inspired by a charles dickens story the old curiosity shop uh and he draws both his alias and his source of power from dante's inferno (laughs) yes he's he draws his power from the fictional book Dante's Inferno, specifically Inferno, which describes the Nine Rings of Hell and has a various characters in the story referred to as the Shade, which is the perpetual darkness of hell himself. He uses this perpetual darkness to cast a blanket of shadow over everything. This is the old comic book version. So okay. we'll get to the new one in a minute, which is, <laughs> yeah, he was he powered by Dante's Inferno. <laughs> Uh, but post Zero Hour, his character was retconned into an English gentleman uh, who was a young man in 1838 and was in a magical accident that gave him shadow powers and immortality. 
So this is an immortal man, which Grodd should really know because he's a good manager. Yeah. But maybe it's one of those don't ask, don't tell things. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and he is, and I'm quoting here, Shade is at present one of the best, if not the ultimate, channeler of the power of the Shadowlands, which is a quasi-sentient extra-dimensional mass of malleable darkness and is the formal realm of a divine entity on par with God. This is so damn... <laughs> this is like dark side shit, and I'm so glad that they interpreted him in the animated series <laughs> as just some shit with a cane. Yeah, yeah. This is way preferred. Absolutely. Uh, apparently in the comics, he loses his... his if, if he loses his shadow, he becomes vulnerable. So you trap him in light. Okay. In the cartoon, you just take away his cane and he's just a dude. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. comics, he's like Peter Pan-ish. <laughs> well, in the comics, he's the immortal wielder of shadows. Uh, Dickie, the shadow wielder. I <laughs> Dickie, the, sh- the shadow gent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I like him. He's never really risen above one of the crew in justice league right to my knowledge i think he hates the flash but i don't remember why Hmm. uh and yeah his his um it was kind of the opposite of what happened with batman from silver age to dark age of comics uh which is you know he started out really grim dark bullshit super fantasy stuff Mm -hmm. and he became a much more mild version of himself right right interesting weird character yeah yeah Yeah. i I mean i I wondered when he showed up last time with whichever rogues gallery that was the last time i'm pretty sure aresia yeah that's what i was thinking so last time he showed up in that arc i was like who is this guy what 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 is all this that is happening in front of me and now I yeah he's a very striking image and like Copperhead's easy enough to parse. Yeah, he's he's a he's a guy that's real into snakes. Mm-hmm. Shade is a little bit more complex. Like in the beginning of this episode, they do. Remember last time I was talking about how they could have animated Shade's power better? Yeah, they do an awesome job this time they around. They do. Yes. Like there is like this big uh, vortex of gray darkness that like emits outward to suck in Jean and green lantern and then just like sort of disappears and they're on the ground dazed Mm -hmm. very cool effect it's very heavy metal yeah (laughs) but uh you know you can't really look at him at a glance and take in everything that he is no he's um he's a lot and uh he is a lot I'm, i'm glad we actually got this arc to kind of uh you know flesh out his character some well, yeah, because, like, he doesn't maybe have the most characterization in terms of we don't know what motivates him other than he wanted to be a big-time villain, but the Justice League's around, so he's going to settle for a small time. <laughs> but he's personalized somewhat because he's apparently on, like, you know, they're all doing trust falls. Right. Shade needs to talk to Gorilla, Gorilla Grodd personally. Yeah. Like, you get the impression that he's more important than these four other people mm-hmm. and one of those four other people is sinestro so that's a weird that is weird hierarchy yeah yeah shade is assistant to the regional manager yeah <laughs> that, that is what it feels like <laughs> and he also uh and they and we also get a lot of his personality through his uh horniness for giganta right which is a very appreciated element of this episode right which i shared and learned a lot about myself <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> no. Yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about Clayface a little bit. Yeah, so while the Justice League is doing target practice in some Wild West laser tag range... It's the set for Blazing Saddles. And they're clearly doing, like, the developing... They're clearly trying to develop the whole Batman has trust issues element mm-hmm. somewhat, because, like, he just smashes all the targets and then he pieces out. Right. He's like, I don't want to do this. This is dumb. You're dumb. Right. Uh, but while they're doing that, the Secret Society assaults just some rich guy's private island mansion. Yep. Gary, what happened here? I don't know. What is this? What is it? We haven't met Clayface yet. No. So we don't know where he should be. So they could have chosen anywhere and anything. Arkham... Uh, Bell, Bell, what's it called? Bell, Bell Rev. Rev. Yeah, anything. Bell Rev. This is just some rich guy's private island, and I didn't recognize rich guy. No, I didn't even know what they were doing. I thought it was a heist for money or something. It's a rich guy's private island, yeah. so that that tracks. Yeah, I wish it were the rich guy from the. I wish it were the Hugh Hefner guy. Oh yeah, I wanted. I want to see him again. Yes, it's <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> also shares the gigantism fetish it's true i think the reason that they're doing the private island thing is because we need something that is not plot relevant for all of them to showcase their powers in a in a game time situation right right and it was cool it was cool watching this team work because we've seen the justice league work together a lot and we know how they do yeah it's kind of neat. but in order for them to have a good fight at the end we have to know what this team does so i I, I think narratively, the fact that they're assaulting a private island makes perfect sense. Sure. Within the structure of the story. Right. But just like as a... Well, no, no, I take it back. Within the structure of the story, it makes sense. Narratively, I have no clue why they're assaulting an island fortress. Yes, yeah. Or why an old rich man had Clayface locked up. Completely unexplained. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe... It's kind of an amazing, like vacuous detail that goes nowhere yeah (laughs) in order to do all of this all you need is a secure facility wherein clayface is locked up so you're right it could have been arkham or bell rev and i guess the the collateral there is that you don't just free clayface yeah or maybe like it's more on batman's radar if it's arkham that's a good thought yeah, I don't know. Maybe but this guy it, it is doing justify. experiments on, on Matt Hagen to try to uh, age gracefully or live forever or whatever it is that rich white people do. I mean, I didn't want them to spend time trying to do that. So, like, I'm, you know, I could have. I think they used... they spent the time where they needed it. But, yeah, they do need more, like, details of why this. Yeah, I could have used a little more else. explanation here and less uh, Wild West bullshit. <laughs> It could have been a good, like, you know, Gorilla Grodd only tells his minions the details when he needs to know them. Right, yeah. Kind of moment. Like, they're all asking, what the fuck are we doing here? And he'd just be like, you don't need to know why we're here. Right. I have information that you're not privy to. <laughs> and that would, you know, kind of set it up as teamwork without trust. Yep. Which would be nice. Yep. Um, but yeah, as it is, they assault this thing. Giganta does her gigantism thing. The, uh, wasn't this a... This was like a Harvey Birdman era superhero, the um, the Native American one that could grow. Mm-hmm. You must know who I'm talking I, about. I know, I know the name or the face, but I can't think of the name. Yeah, it was like one of those real obvious demographic 
you know, kind of things that they like, they would do on GI Joe, right? Where they have they have native um, spirit for the uh, spirit. That's the second time I've made that mistake. It's okay, but yeah, uh, she does that. Killer Frost, I assume. Oh, Killer Frost kills a guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, goes back to kill the ones that, like, she goes back for the double tap. Because <laughs> she's only motivated by murder. Right. Like, everybody else has some sort of grudge. She just likes to kill. Yeah, where's her story? I I don't know, and uh, I'm not interested in it yet. <laughs> right. I do like that how the most vicious one is, uh, is, is a woman, though. That feels good to me. So, interestingly... I, I guess it's interesting. It, as far as I remember, Giganta is typically very masculine. And and so the fact that they made her very girlish in this episode kind of plays well off of Killer Frost's, like, gruff masculinity. And, like, Shade is the most effeminate motherfucker I've seen in a long time. It's true. So, and Sinestro has a lot of big gay energy. It's true. Don't tell me otherwise. This is a team that I feel like I'm assuming pronouns, and I probably shouldn't. Maybe that that might be true. <laughs> but I mean, like they all do their their own things. We got Yellow Lantern Ring stuff. We got Shade stuff. They all get in there. Yep. And um, yeah, they they see these biohazard barrels. Just just your standard island mansion fortress biohazard barrel room. Right. It's, it's it's so dumb. Some Jurassic Park bullshit. It so feels like Jurassic. It feels like Dennis Nedry is gonna <laughs> smuggle the shit out of here. Ah, uh, Gorilla Grodd takes off his ape head, and it's Dennis Nedry inside. It's, it's a big Dilophosaurus, <laughs> and he spits acid. I love it. Oh shit! <laughs> Wrong kaiju. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they, they open up the barrels and it's a bunch of mud and that mud turns into Clayface who immediately big, gives a big, cute Clayface grin. I like this Clayface. I do too. I like the way this Clayface looks. I always like Clayface. He looks like a battle toad to me. He does. In this yeah. incarnation. This is the most different look for him, I think, of all the ones I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think... Well, I mean, he. I think this is the canonical um, modern Clayface, hmm. you know? The big wide smile thing. That is something that I've also seen in um, in Injustice. Okay. And then also in, I believe that was the way he was portrayed in Arkham City. Okay. I might be mistaken. He only shows up at the very end. But Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't made it that far. But I like the, I like the big wide face. Jack-o'-lantern sort of. Yeah, he's like a scarecrow almost. Yeah. Like, because cause you don't have the actual facial features. You just have, like, whatever the Rorschach expression of the face is. But the actual face is sort of obscured. Right. So with Scarecrow, a simple grin is hidden behind a burlap mask, and it ends up looking real creepy. If it was just the dude behind the mask grinning, it would be way less creepy. But there's that element of mystery to it. It's very cool. Yeah, I feel like they did that with the Lego Batman movie as well. But... They flipped the script by making Clayface a female. Oh, very nice. At least voiced by a female. I I imagine that any Clayface that grows into their powers is going to experiment. Yeah. Well, I I mean I that just that's my 
That's just, I mean, that's what I would do. <laughs> you know, like if I had shape-shifting powers, number one, I would definitely be turning into a woman and going and looking at myself in a mirror sure. in a bathroom somewhere. Sure. Like, I can't imagine a person not doing that who is in any way secure with their own identity. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Um, but yeah, they free Clayface and we get, we go back to the training montage. They're no longer in the wild west. They're just in like a, I don't know, some, some nondescript canyon. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And, and, uh, Superman is fighting a big green energy construct courtesy of Green Lantern. Mm -hmm. And they kind of get into it here. You know, he, they, they say you got beat up a lot by that guy. And he's like, that was on purpose you're all weak flesh humans i am a kryptonian i can take punches my role is tank i draw the aggro what do you guys not get about this and he's 100 percent right right and i don't know where the beef is here <laughs> i think he's 100 percent right but just the the character is is off to me this episode and I'm, that might be intentional. I think yeah. I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt given that we know what we know about how this arc shakes out right um, you know, he's a little bit more aggressive than he normally would be. Right. He's a little bit more, well, I have to take the punches because otherwise you guys are going to break. You know, like right. he, he phrases it in a real... Um, douchey way? Yeah, if he, if he phrases it in a real douchey way, even though fundamentally he's just saying I'm the tank. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a nice little... I think that in order to get to the finality of this episode, we have to have a few steps on this episode arc right on this on this axis yeah to like show us there is there's friction in this team mm -hmm. it's gonna blow up at some point oh yeah there's a brief moment back in the secret society underground lair where it's revealed that giganta <sighs> used to be a gorilla <laughs> i knew you were going here and yeah i don't know <laughs> i i don't see a reason why giganta needs to be gorilla grod's daughter i don't either is that the assumption that's what he, he that he said so. I didn't so know he said daughter. I, I thought he just said she was a lovely daughter. young girl. No, oh, well that's awful. Daughter. It's it's confusing is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh what's great though is that Shade doesn't seem to mind. No. Like he like takes a look at her and she he's just like Yeah, all right. I mean, hey, I'm already here. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is kind of where I tapped out personally. <laughs> <laughs> that the, you you got your you got your standards yeah <laughs> um um yeah uh but yeah they you know batman does some sleuthing he finds the rich billionaire mm -hmm. from rich billionaire island <laughs> um he speaks spanish in a spanish-speaking hospital to a spanish-speaking batman yep and of course batman goes to try to take care of business by himself he figures out that uh where where the enemy team is and they go to they he goes to goes to fight them all and we get another brouhaha because he brought backup the whole justice league versus the whole secret society right it's we, we've been building to this we have been building this uh some fun combat notes that i have uh flash surfing down some smoke yep that's pretty good that's my favorite like shade doing the thing and he runs up a wall and then surfs down the smoke which is just crazy and weird right um i think that the clay the the freezing clay face is a is a nice trick mm -hmm. um 
And Grodd ends the stalemate with his heretofore unseen mental powers by giving Green Lantern a headache. Yep. At least it's not John this time. There's also that, um, there's also a uh, typecast fight of, uh, okay, all the women pair up against the woman. Right. And Hawkgirl and uh, Wonder Woman fight Giganta. I almost feel like Wonder Woman v. Giganta one-on-one would have been a more compelling fight. Yeah. But g- given that there's beef in the team, I also like that they're kind of struggling to, you know, that they're kind of getting in each other's way when they're trying to take them on. Right. And the society wins. Yep. And then the Justice League can't handle that loss. It can't. And we lose them. Gary, it's going to be okay. No, it's not. <laughs> So yeah, they they, they bicker. There's yeah. they all have it out. You know, Flash is sick of Green Lantern's "I'm in charge" attitude, which that's also off model for Flash because yeah. Flash doesn't want the responsibility. He True. depends on Green Lantern being the one in charge. Yep. And Green Lantern, I like the characterization of Green Lantern treats it like a military operation. Like there's someone at top, and he's given down orders. Yep. That's the if the chain of command breaks down, that's why we why we fail. And Superman just tells him to shut up. Yeah. Like the unruly children they are. And this is kind of like the big the big articulation moment where he tells them he actually works better alone because he doesn't have to worry about everyone else. And Hawkgirl's like, well, why don't you then? And he's like, you think I haven't considered it? Mm. And they all, that's that's the, you know, glass shattering in a crowded bar moment. Yep. You know, everybody just stands mouth agape at like, oh man, did he just say that? Yep. Record scratch. Which, yeah, record scratch. Exactly. That's exactly how it articulates. <laughs> and Jean can't take it anymore. He's like, you're supposed to be my new family. You're all fighting. I'm out. Yep. And they all walk off in different directions. I mean... And that is... That's the scene. That's the end of the episode. To be continued. Holy shit. That's such a good exit. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, com- compare that with all the other exits we've had. Sometimes we have a, like, outlining of this is the big problem next time, but I really love these non-standard, we're not really sure what to do kind of exits, like we had with the Dr. Destiny yes. arc. Yes, yeah. Where just, it was everyone goes to sleep, and we just know that that's a bad idea. Right. This is a good exit. It is. Oftentimes you can tell how much you're going to like an arc based on that to-be-continued moment, for me at least, because if I feel nothing going into the second act, there's a pretty good chance that I'm, I'm going to feel nothing overall. And I definitely thought this was a great outro. That's a that's something that's um, that I'm interested kind of thinking about, because I hadn't thought about that, but I definitely, you know, a conclusion to a story has to be fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you can't really... It's it's like when you're recommending a piece of media to someone, right? And say like it has a bad ending, like ignore the ending and then you can watch it. Like there's some <laughs> part of you that's like, well, if that's the canonical ending to the story, it sort of fucks with the whole story. And like, I'm pretty good at it paying attention to the parts that I like and discounting the parts that I don't. But mm-hmm. like a really good ending is way better than a really good beginning. Like, yeah. This, the cliffhanger nature of it, and imagine seeing this in the syndication run where you have to wait a week to figure out what's going on. That's going to be an even bigger impact. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're, we're, we're lucky with the streaming elements of, of these days. But one thing about this arc that's interesting is that 
like it flows really well together. Sometimes part one is one thing and part two is something else entirely. But this is all very well connected and, and, and threaded together, I think. I think the thing to kind of point out that is important is we have a fresh new team of villains and they're working well together and mm-hmm. we have a very old team of heroes and they're not right and throughout the entire episode we see snippets of new team snippets of old team snippets right. of a new team snippets of old team new team is doing trust falls old team has baggage that they can't get over to be able to do trust falls or whatever the right you know whatever else is there mm-hmm. um you know batman taking stealing all the targets because he tends to work alone anyway so right. antitrust thing mm-hmm. um you know, new team goes and gets shit done by go, going and getting Clayface. Old team argues about tactics that have already been hashed out before. Right. So you, you do get the feeling, at least I did, that the only huge difference here, like, you know, let's not even look at it as a good and evil axis. There, This is a group of villains that all have a common purpose, mm-hmm. but maybe different ideals right same is true of the justice league the difference here is that the justice league has a lot of baggage right there's interpersonal conflict worn out through many many different arcs many different episodes and if you don't clear the air that shit festers it doesn't just go away Mm -mm. um and i think that's i think that's what we're seeing here yeah is that like a new team is not burdened by this right so right that's that's a good point but yeah just one last note, okay. uh, just because, you know, uh, the villain team wins. Why don't they just kill him on the spot? Is because Gorilla Grodd tells him that it's like they, they need a grander stage for their victory. Right. It's a little bit like deus ex machina. How do we get the heroes to lose but not die? Right. But uh, it's also he's an egomaniac. We saw that from the Gorilla City arc. So, yeah, it fits, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it's a square peg into a diamond hole, but it works. <laughs> yeah, just look at it through the right angle. And you're, <laughs> I like that. That's going to get used in my other podcasts. Okay. <laughs> but that's the end of our episode. Yeah, episode highlight for so, you? It's uh, the reaction shots when Superman says the, you think I haven't considered mm. it. And to the point that you were making earlier of how this feels like an off-model Superman because he doesn't get angry, they they know that right. the writers of the show know that he's not the one who gets angry, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and they showcase that by having everyone react to him freaking out as a bigger deal than flash or Hawk girl freaking out. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, how about you? Um, it was actually kind of hard for me, um, for this one, but it, it has to be finding out that Giganta was a group. No, um, it's, <laughs> it, it's really just, as stupid as I think the whole rich white guy island heist is, <laughs> I, I I like the, the the way it plays out. Like I think it's a cool scene how they're breaking in and and doing all those things. Like I like seeing all the villains using their different skills. Private Island also accomplishes a couple good things um, that we so. Think about it for a second from a narrative purpose of, like, where would a Clayface be? And it would either be a prison or a rich guy would have him, right? Right. So a rich guy makes sense in that capacity. That's true. It also makes sense as a way for us not to feel bad that this guy gets straight up iced. Right. If we're going to have the villain team take advantage of someone, it should be someone powerful right. and well off. Yeah. Someone who someone who can soak the costs of a villain attack. Right. 
someone that peasants like us don't feel bad about seeing lose. Well, there's there's two ways you can do your villains attacking someone that isn't related to the plot, and that is attack the guilty and attack the innocent. Right. So, like, you know, Lex Luthor kicking puppies sort of situation, <laughs> attacking the innocent. Yeah. Um, this is this is someone who maybe doesn't deserve villainy, but is not wholly inconvenienced by villainy. Uh, I mean, I guess he get put in a hospital, but he, you know, his I'm sure his insurance premiums can take a hit. Yeah, he'd be okay. Do do rich people even have insurance, like health insurance? Well, having never been a rich person, I don't know that I can answer that question honestly or accurately. If you were a rich man, well, if you were a rich man, deedle 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 die. If you were a bitty bitty rich, no, I, I guess we're done here. I think so. Um, cl- closing opinions of this uh, this episode. Eh, I, I like the to be continued moment, but for the most part, I didn't really like this episode all that much. I'll 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 be honest. I recognizing, you know, they underline it in the episode of like, so what? This is another run at the Injustice Guild thing, right? And like this, the, you know the. the the show is kind of like trying to tongue in cheek poke fun at the fact that they keep doing this. Right. That doesn't that doesn't mean that they're not still doing this. Yeah, exactly. And you you do get diminishing returns from this kind of arc of villain organization. Now, partly that's excusable because this is a different uh purpose. Right. There's a different purpose to this arc. It's all about the teamwork of the Justice League, not of the Injustice Guild or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it's a similar feeling to the Injustice Guild plot lines. So, like I said, diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm kind of done with the rogues gallery. But we've only got, what, three more arcs left in this series, so there can't be many more. (laughs) One one hopes. (laughs) Hope springs eternal, Gary. Yeah. So, that's it. Um, Where can people find you, Ben? People can find me doing some target practice at an old Wild West cutout uh, uh, movie set uh, when I'm not doing that, when I'm on break from uh, from my job there. I am um, doing my podcast with my brother. It's called The Carton Cast. We talk about old cartoons, see what we think of them as adults. You can find it at fancybat.com slash cartoncast. And Gary, where can people find you? I got no jokes this episode, Ben. I, I don't know why. They're just not coming to me. Oh, oh no, no, no. I, I got another one. Okay. Um, <laughs> you you can be found in the Shadowlands, a semi-divine entity. <laughs> <laughs> or or you can be found in Dante's Inferno. Sure. Yeah, when you get there, just ask for uh, Dickie the Shadow Gent, and <laughs> I'll come running. But no, I can be found at the Wax Nostalgic Network. Links for everything are in the show notes. So, All right. Ben, this has been weird. Let's do it again next week. Okay. <laughs> See you then. <laughs>